And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Heat Sheet. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Tonight, I've got three guests with us today. I've got, you know him, Alejandro, on air with Dro. Say what's up, everybody. What up, what up, what up? I got my buddy and another Heat Sheet guest, Jimmy. Hey, what's up, what's up? And I also have another guest tonight. His name is Gregory. Say what's up, Greg. Yo, what's going on, guys? So, after last night's game, I think it's become crystal clear what our defense is truly capable of. And the reason I'm saying that is this. The Bucks are the number one offensive team in the NBA this season. We didn't just beat them once. We've beaten them twice now. So my question to you guys is basically this. And Gregory, I'll, I'll start with you. What about our team is the kryptonite to the Bucks? Well, I mean, if you guys watched after the game, I know they interviewed Giannis, and he definitely shouted out Bam's name in terms of mad respect. He knew what he did last night was pretty remarkable. I think that's uh, a reason he chose him in the All-Star game. He wanted to see a little bit of what Bam could do, maybe see him in a little bit different environment out of his uh, comfort zone. And, uh, you know, last night, Bam came to play. He showed why he's an All-Star. He, sure. uh, he came in, let's see, in the fourth quarter, three minutes in, he got his first foul. I mean, if anyone were to tell me that that was going to happen, I would have been like, you're lying. Get out of here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Bam, Bam did great. He had thir- even though he wasn't scoring, thirteen rebounds, five assists. Regard regardless of him scoring, he's always going to be contributing in other ways. Offense- he's been- offensively, he's been yeah. he's been really running the team. I mean, he's been the- plus thirteen when they're in, regardless of scoring. You know? Yeah, I mean, if if the ball's not if the ball's not in Gorn or Jimmy's hands running the offense, it's in Bam's, and. Him running the offense, we're seeing it now how it's developing really around his decision-making. Because if he's at the top of the key, he's able to see the entire court, or I should say the entire paint, all both sides of the wings. And he's great at decision-making. So for for that reason alone, I'm very comfortable with him, you know, like, like what Greg was saying. Bringing the ball down. Bringing the ball down and following up with you with the assists. I think those are going to increase in the playoffs. I really do, and I'll tell you why. Because with Harrow, Myers coming back, with the offense starting to be being able to gel more, having more possessions and more reps in with the team, I think we're really, really going to see Bam assist numbers skyrocket because he's going to be the one that's actually telling the play, you know, telling his teammates, okay, this is where I want you to go. This is where I want you to be. And with that being said. Alejandro, you've got a lot of analysis on Bam. I think I think in general, I think the Heat matched up very well with Milwaukee, only because Milwaukee is not your typical LA team where you have like twin towers back there, right? So you have Brooke Lopez, you have Giannis, uh, but you put Bam on Giannis, you put Iggy on somebody else, or or you put Kelly on Brooke Lopez. Like they match up a lot better than any big man team out there. So. Uh, I think I saw like a step that Giannis went like four for twelve or something. At like one that. point, yeah, yeah. Really, so yeah. 
he was just very frustrated, which is a very good thing because the, the, he had the ability to play man and also play zone at the same time. So given that fact, it feels like a brick wall that Giannis was going through all last night, which was really good to see for Miami to become after, you know, these six-game kind of stretch where they went like 3-3. Three and three, But to come out and ball against uh, Milwaukee, I thought as a fan, I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. It just shows that... Miami, you know, is a top four team and not to be taken lightly. And, you know, they pretty much showed it on, on the defensive side last night. And speaking about Bam, I mean, there was multiple possessions where he was playing Giannis one-on-one on the defense. And he didn't just play him. He shut him down. Right. There was one drive that Giannis had on Bam where Giannis flat out just fell over. I mean, he just fell. And no foul. Ball went the other way. And I really think from that point on, it kind of got into Giannis's head. Maybe I can't take this team or this guy one-on-one. And this team is really, like you were saying, built they well, built yeah, that Well, yeah, They're switching at the right times. Exactly. I mean, I actually have a clip here. I should have, I should have broke, broken it down with you guys where Giannis is bringing the ball down. And you can see he's got one defender. But then behind, you can see that they've built the wall. And at the same time, the wall is built to where if they have to recover to that corners, they can do that at wi- willingly, and they can do it efficiently. And at the same time, they also have it built so that if they have to go to the corner and then pull back really quick because the corner man dishes it back out to Giannis so he can restart his drive, well, now he can get back, the defender can get back into position. And I'm very happy with what the, the defensive game plan is looking like. And that's where I want to go into the next topic was, is the defense, let alone Bam, the team defense from last night, how impressive was it to you guys? Because in my opinion, it was our best defensive game all season. No, our guys are closing out right on time. And like I was saying earlier, switching that game last night was some of the best defense you'll ever see the Heat play, you know? Hands down. I mean, it got Dwayne Wade's attention. He was tweeting last night about it. I'm sure. I I think in general, like how Jimmy was saying, I think it was their best performance uh, of the year. I think... You know, having those players have already been playing six, seven games with us already. I think they came at the right time uh, for that chemistry, and then everything is clicking for them. So, which is really good. You know, I see Gudala, you know, a lot better. Iggy you know, was he, on Giannis. There was uh, there was two possessions back to back where Iggy was playing Giannis, and Iggy also shut down Giannis. Mm-hmm. And I also and I, and I feel bad because before I didn't give Iggy the shout out either about the sh- about the yeah. defense because. Bam could shut him down, but Iggy really was giving him you know, some problems. Right. And that's good because if Bam and Jimmy need a rest from guarding Giannis... Jimmy that, Butler gets so much off his, so, off his shoulders with this trade. Oh, oh. And Crowder, you nailed it. Crowder nailed it. coming in. Iguodala, Crowder as well. Nailed it. And, and Crowder Iguodala was guarding him, and which right. was great because you could not only was Iggy giving... Uh, Giannis a lot of problems, Bam giving him a lot of problems, but you could see that the switches and the different throws that we were throwing at Giannis, whether it be Jay Crowder, whether it be um, Iggy, whether it be Jimmy, at some points Derek Jones was guarding him, and Derek Jones probably is Giannis probably outweighs Derek Jones by maybe sixty hey, pounds, maybe maybe hey, right, I'm over exaggerating, yeah, forty pounds hey, maybe, like, yeah, but still that's a that's forty pounds. And when he's and Giannis is six eleven, seven foot. Derek Jones, I believe, is only six seven. So when you got five inches plus forty pounds, it's eight pounds per inch. That's a lot when you think about it. 
And Giannis is strong. He's not wiry like Derrick Jones is. So for me, I'm extre- I'm I'm so proud of how they how they played yesterday. But the thing is, is what I'm worried about is can they sustain that level of defense for seven games if necessary? Because it could come down to a seven game series. But that that's what the Heat are good at. You know, Spolstra is good in game to game progression with playing the same guys over and over regardless maintains this stability you know, even if we don't have those veterans Milwaukee has a Milwaukee has good veterans that have been to the playoffs that know how to play but with that our, we have certain guys Kendrick Nunn I noticed every time he st- he steps up different guys playing the same playing the same teams he'll step up on defense yeah yeah with Knowing that he's playing against Bledsoe, he was locking down Bledsoe every now and then. How impressed were you by that, I, by the way? I want to know. I want to ask you: were Were you satisfied by that, or do you see that he could have done even a little bit more? No, I feel like he did. He, they did just enough. You know, Bledsoe didn't play that many minutes, but do you think that maybe that, that's because of how Kendrick was playing Bledsoe, or do you think that maybe that was just because of how the offense was running in general? Well, All, the, our offense. Let me rephrase that. Do you think that Kendrick playing defense on Bledsoe was what caused Bledsoe to get so get so few minutes, or do you think because of how our offense was running and how fluid it was becoming, do you think that was why Bledsoe got less minutes? I feel like Bledsoe got less minutes because he even he wasn't able to keep up with Kendrick and on. I see. Oh, okay. So I see what when you're turnover, when I there, agree. Yeah, when I agree. There were turnovers. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to keep up. I know? completely agree. And there was multiple instances when Kendrick actually blew right through Bledsoe on the offense, yeah. and it's really becoming interesting because you can see the development of Nunn progressing since his injury. Last podcast, uh, actually, I don't think it was last. But it was a couple podcasts ago where I was discussing where I felt like that the Achilles injury was really taking a hold on him. And now I feel like the injury has completely subsided. And now he it's really he's really comfortable. And I think last night was the game where it showed that he's over that injury and he's ready to take that next step. Not just on you know on offense, but now on defense as well. And we're gonna talk about Kendrick Nunn a little bit later on. Uh, but what I also wanted to get into Well kinda with, I'm with, sorry to cut you off. That's no, okay. Um Kind of wanted to get into a topic. I'm I'm probably stealing a, a no no no. It's all uh, good. Go ahead. Go ahead. A, a Greg stack because he normally looks at the plus and minuses. But uh-huh. looking at at uh, Milwaukee, everyone was a minus other than Eric Bledsoe. So huh. uh, for him to have 21 minutes and George Hill having 24 minutes is pretty interesting topic. There he shot 60. percent So I think what what happens is the 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 Heat defense intensified what they need to do. Right. So yes. you can run zone. You can run man at certain keys. Of, of point in time, right? So Kendrick Nunn, should, should you give him credit for the defense? Probably. Uh, you know, it's just a rotation that is finally clicking in where Eric Spolstra has finally found these guys to get that right mindset and understand what it is for the long run so you can see that in the seven-game series, right? These are um, getting Iguodala, getting Crowder, getting these guys, uh, you know, from Memphis and stuff. It means that we're ready to compete for a seven-game series. You know, we could take it to six. We could take it to seven. You know, stuff like that. That's the pedigree that you're seeing these guys come in. Yeah. And I think it showed last night against the number one team in the NBA. So, um, you know, kudos to Miami. And I think it's just going to get better from here on uh, because the competition is just going to get better. So it's another good thing. So since we're talking about defense, 
we talked about how last week that Duncan Robinson's defense has vastly improved. I mean, he's getting called. I mean, he's getting charges. He drew, I think, two or three in one quarter, I, I believe I was saying. Um, but, Greg, I want to throw this question at you. Duncan Robinson, he's taking the fourth amount of three-pointers in the entire NBA, and he's actually shooting them at the fourth best efficiency. I hope I said that correctly. So with those numbers and those statistics, do you feel that maybe the Heat should start building their offense around him a little bit more? Or do you think we should leave it as it is, let the offense flow the way it naturally is now because we see how we competed against the Bucs, but we're seeing how he, he it's, it's not even a lights out three-point king that he has. Now he's got the passing game developed. He's got the cutting and slashing game developed. The next thing that we've got to develop with him is just a mid-range game, but we can easily know, we easily know he's the, capable of doing that because we see what he can do at the three-point line. I want to know from you, from your opinion, from your analysis, your view, what do you think we should do with Duncan going forward regarding the offense? Well, starting with the should we expand his role on the offense, I mean, I think Spolster's made it pretty clear and simple since day one with him. He's given that man all the confidence in the world. He's given him the green light. Shoot whenever you get a chance. If you think you're open, shoot. That's what I want. That's what he tells him. Exactly. So That's what I, I don't want think too. anyone's holding him back from taking more shots except for himself, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as a player, you got to respect that. He doesn't want to overstep his boundaries. He knows he's got to feed everyone else, too. But uh, I mean, we saw last a lot last year. I think he would uh, he'd do those he'd sneak in for those backdoor cuts, and I'm starting to see it a lot more of recent. But uh, in the beginning of the season, it wasn't there. If he can definitely expand on that more, he'll he'll probably boost his points average up to 18, 19 a game easily. I was asking Alejandro last week was because of the way he's shooting and at the clip and the rate that he's shooting at. Do you think eventually he could become a 20 point per game scorer? And you're if, basically, you're kind of, I guess you're backing me up on that point. Yeah. Because I mean, I definitely think he can give him another year or two to develop in the Heat organization. We know they're going to get his ball handling up a little bit better. He's going to be able to do a few crossover moves in the next few years. You never that would know. Be beautiful. I mean, I do believe what he's averaging about. I want to say high 14s right now, 15 points. 12 and a half. Actually. 12 and a half. Yeah. Well, he, I know a few few games ago he wasn't too far away from 14. No, I yeah. believe he can get up to the 16, 17 point mark maybe by next year easily. Okay. All right. I, I get that. So too. I, I, think, uh, I think Duncan has a lot of upside in, in his you know, growing game by game. Uh, it's always gonna look good for the the Heat, you know. Um, any any confidence that that kid can can get, it's it's gonna be a boost for them because knowing the fact, like you mentioned last week, we know he can shoot the ball, but you know, getting getting that pass game, getting those cut ins, like Greg was saying, getting those easy buckets where he doesn't have to shoot fifty times from the three point. You know, he can have a a perimeter game and cutting in. It'll make it so much easier and a bigger threat uh, for opponents like Milwaukee, like Toronto that, you know, can guard the three point, uh, but it gives another element for the Heat, which is which would be a good uh, thing for Duncan and the Heat. Okay. So, and also watch out because uh, you know Wade's gonna stay around the organization, help players out every now and then oh, when he's for there. Sure. And we sure. what did Wade patent with us? 
that shot fake. Yep. Could you imagine oh, D Rob with a shot fake oh. on that three point shot? He's yeah, gonna, exactly. That would be dude. Could you imagine? Be lethal. Can you imagine what it's gonna look like when we got Harrow and Duncan at the same time mm-hmm. and they both get that shot fake down? Because Harrow's got that shot fake as well. Yeah, and and the good thing that I like about the depth of the Miami Heat is that you don't have to rely on just one, one player, player anymore. Because all of them can right. step up. They've shown that each individual player can step mm-hmm. up from starter to the bench. Like, now I just mean the bench. Right. Like the role players. I like the ones who still play 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah. I mean the ones who are playing one to two minutes. Like, yeah. for example, like Duncan had nine points, right? You might say, oh, he had an off game. But then you have Crowder who had 18. Olenek that had 11. Had Dragic that hit 15. None with 13. Uh, out of Iowa with 14, Butler with 18. I mean, there's just so much depth. Now, Iggy and, and Derrick Jones, they only had, you know, four and three points by themselves. But obviously, you know, defense plays a factor as well, right? Exactly. So Their roles are you don't have to rely on one to three people like we used to have, you know, with the big three, right? Well, yeah. obviously, we're all grateful for that. But but you just know that you're going to get consistent shots from each one, each player on the team that's playing. Um, I don't know. There's some other people that are reserved, obviously. But you know, at the end of the day, your bench is probably going to get you, what, like 14 points per game, uh, you know, depending on the player and stuff. So the more opportunities that they have in the rotation, the better um, consistency you're going to get from each player, which is phenomenal that they are doing. How about Drogic coming in off the bench, 15 points? You know, maybe a little... You know, maybe played a little too aggressive, but you know, give him his space. Hey, look, he give him that fire. You know? <laughs> yeah, look, when he's breathing fire, watch out because he's gonna he gonna burn you. But the thing about Dragic, and I, it's, that's Coming actually a 15, good topic. Fifteen points. What's well, a great topic? Because at one point this year, he was actually the running candidate for six man of the year. He's probably and still I, up there. He in the probably top still three is. Five. And to be honest with you, if Lou Williams wasn't kind of already the runaway candidate for it. I would say Dragic is the next step up, not easy, because easy. and not just because of his points, but look at the way he runs the offense. I mean, he can't really, he can still break down a defense, but he's not as fast and as quick as he used to be. Uh, considering like when we he's, first he's got, he's exactly what the Heat wanted. He's exactly, you know, exactly. that switch up from Chalmers really put pumped energy put us on the, the map. It yeah, wasn't just Chalmers; it was it was Push also it. it was also Norris Cole. But Norris Cole was he was a quick point guard. But nothing compared to what Dragic was like. Wasn't scoring at the rate that Dragic was. Exactly. I don't even think Norris Cole is in the league anymore. But the thing is, Dragic is that will push the pace all the Dragic time. pushes the pace. He bring in even he's a game manager. He's a game. He's, he's a he is yeah. a he is a on the like and like in two K on the floor man or on the floor coach or, or like coach a quarterback out there or, exactly know. Kendrick Nunn been moving a little fast noticing that yeah. he's been much much quicker on the offense much he's moving the pace a lot more I think the other night he had what five or six assists yeah so like that. so mm-hmm. the numbers for the assist game are improving and you can like you were saying like we were also saying before is that the Achilles injury seems to have completely subsided and I know we already went into this but if if that keep if he keeps progressing like that the playoffs are a totally different game. And I'm hoping that he can continue that streak into the playoffs because we need it. I'm not... These last two games, I know we've been talking about the Bucks a lot, but to be honest with you, I'm nowhere near as concerned about the Bucks as I am the Celtics. Because they have not one, not two, they have three wing players. And Jalen Brown, uh, Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. and uh, Jason Tatum. And Tatum is on a tear this year. But it's not just them three. They also have an all-star point guard 
and Kemba Walker. That's going to be the matchup that I'm looking for between them and us. Kendrick Nunn and Kemba Walker. And I think so we, yeah, wait, wait, really quick. We didn't go over this at all. This wasn't in any of our notes. Right. So this is going to be the surprise question of the night is do you feel Kendrick is ready right now to step up to that challenge to guard Kemba Walker defensively? Greg, I want to start with you. Well, when you say ready to step up to the challenge, I don't think anybody in the league could stop Kemba Walker. That man's a scoring machine. Okay, But, but can s- we slow him down enough, take him out of the game, make it to where he's not the X factor or the person who's going to take that game-winning shot at the end of the game? I think with a little bit of help defense, which we're known for, yeah, why not? He's shown he's got the speed. He's just got to keep himself in the right position at the right time because we know Kemba's got that really good first step. Obviously, you got to respect that shot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he can. I think uh, he's played against Bledsoe's a very similar quick athletic type of point guard. Nowhere near as quick as Kemba Walker, though. Uh, you'd be surprised with that first step, I think. If you looked at the film and studied it, the pro- I mean, maybe not 40-yard dash speed, but... In terms of the uh, first two steps, they're very similar. They got that's that's pretty much how Bledsoe makes his bread and butter is with that first step. Jimmy, Kemba, Kendrick Nunn, who wins right now? If I believe we, it'll be better. We have a bigger guy on him. You know, Kemba Walker is you that's know he's not say he's that's not that point. he's not that small of a guy. No, 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 you know? that, that's a good point. Kendrick I, is a big. He's he's a stockier point guard. He's what six one six two. I'm not saying Kendrick Nunn couldn't. You know, put D on him, but Andre Godala can even get him now and then too. Andre Godala still has that speed, still has the pep in his stuff, you know. So you, so you think got, Andre yeah. would be a better matchup against Kemba than Yeah, Kendrick. we need somebody that's good going up and down with Kemba. Kemba will draw, you know. Okay, so let me let me. Kemba's a slashing point guard, kind of sometimes. Okay, so then hear me out this way. <laughs> then. The Celtics throw out a lineup right here: Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum. Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, and then who's their five? I think uh, Dice, what's his name? I'm, I'm blanking on their center position. But let's just say we forget the center position. Just those four players. Our best defenders are Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder. Who's the fourth? That's a good question. Um... Because right there, those three players are going to be compr- are going to be their hands full with with their three wings. Right. So who's going to be the fourth player to pit, to play Kemba? Right. And that's why I say Kendrick. Well, that's what like you were saying. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn will easily. I would even say, to be honest with you, Drivers would be a good one because what you're doing is your question is one on one, right? Yes. So you're basing it off one v one, not team wise. So if you switch with somebody, obviously it's going to be more of a help. But right now, obviously, the, the obious answer is Kemba. Obviously, he has all-star, you know, perennial, you know, status on him. And course. we don't have to keep it. Well, actually, we, yeah, we kind of do because it's yeah. point guard. If point you do 1v1, I mean, obviously, it's Kemba. But if you do it team-wise, I think the, the Heat are good enough to contain uh, Kemba to, you know, you don't have to score 40 points, but maybe down to 15, 20, 25. Okay. But uh, I think, I mean... You know, if we ended up, you know, playing Boston, if we get to that level, I that would be a great challenge for Kendrick Nunn to, you know, see what Kemba does. Because the thing is with Kemba, you know, it's not just that he has a passing game, but he can shoot, he can cross over. He has, I think he's probably one of the best handlers in, in the league other than Kyrie. 
Okay. Uh, but I, I, I see a challenge there because only because, you know, you have Jalen Brown, who's also quick. You have, you know, Gordon Hayward, obviously not the same kind of player that he was in Utah, but with that injury, he's slowed him down. But he's adjusted to the new level of more of a perimeter guy, you know, three-pointer. Yeah. And then Tatum, on the other hand, you know, he's just like a, a living machine right now. So. He's a scoring machine. Yeah. So he's, I, you know, I think I literally think he is Paul Pierce 2.0. I think so too. I think I, I think I think more athletic though. More athletic. That's yeah. why I say two yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I think uh, you know Boston definitely found you know a, a, a rightful player for them. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think what's good about the Heat is that even if Kendrick is not your point guard, mm-hmm. he's still good enough to play the two. You're so right. You have Goran and Kendrick That's at true. the same time. Kendrick can shoot the three ball. He's shown that he's able to do that. So well, let me ask you this then. Because the way I would go about it is this. I would say pull Goron and Kendrick off the floor in that scenario. Mm. Because you have Bam playing at the five. You have either Jay Crowder or Andre Goodell playing the four. They're all interchangeable, all three yeah, of those guys, right? Yeah, we a little bigger with them. Yeah. But there's one wing that none of us talked about. Derek Jones Jr. True. And I think he could be the perfect candidate to guard Kendrick Nunn in this case. I'm, not, I'm sorry, not Kendrick Nunn. Kemba, Kemba Walker, Walker, oh my God. My, my, I can't believe I just mixed that's that a, that's up. A good, yeah. So, and the reason I say that is because Derek Jones is he he's moves wiry, good laterally. He's laterally fast. He's vertically quick. But guess what else? He's long. And when you got someone like Kemba Walker, who's as quick as he is and as fast as he is, and can get anywhere on the court as fast as he wants at will, you need someone who's long to be able to stop him from moving right. fast, which would take up bad. space. Who's the prime candidate for that on our team? Derrick Jones, yeah. Derek Jones Jr. I like that. I and, like that. And then guess what else this allows us to do? That could even now, be Tatum or... Exactly. Now we have four wing players, which one of them can play the one in Jimmy Butler. He can be our point guard for that lineup, so to speak. And then guess who can be the secondary point guard? Bam Adebayo, our center. <laughs> Because guess what? He's already playing that role, technically speaking, when he gets the rebound and brings it up. And that's what's good about Bam is that he can cover the one, the two, Two, the three, the four, everything. So it makes it so much easier. And I think he's very underappreciated right now in the NBA. Obviously, he got his first not at at an all-star. But I think he's probably another, you know, NBA player that's most improved as well, too, because you go from, you know, being a backup to Hassan Whiteside to now finally being, um, you know, an all-star for the Heat. So... Uh, definitely, you know, a good step up, of course. So Absolutely. So then, I, we're already at 26 minutes, but what I basically wanted to now, since we've gone into playoff scenarios and we've talked about, you know, Milwaukee, we've talked about the Celtics, I really, really wanted to get your opinions on who do you feel is the best playoff matchup in the first round? Oh, first round yeah, for us. Say, yeah. Not second, not third. It's too many rounds. First round. <laughs> So the first round, uh-huh. right now, if we look at it, it goes Milwaukee, it goes Toronto. Actually, wait, wait. Let's 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 look at this a hundred percent to actually get the real the real real uh, lineups that we would be looking at. Well, right yeah, playoffs. Well, it looks like Miami will stay fourth place for you know. Yeah. So so it's looking like Miami's going to be staying up for. But if the playoffs were to start right now. This is why I want to make sure that we actually get this correct. Well, just to throw in a little note, I've kind of like that question is is good and bad at the same time because, you know, there's always a saying, uh, you know, that 
if you what is it that you choose somebody and, and you're, we would be making the basketball gods mad. Yeah, so pretty much. Speak. Like I like I know it's in like every sport where like man, I want to play that team, and yeah. then you end up playing that team, and you end yeah, up losing crushed. the series. Exactly. So. so right now, like since I got the, I actually got the standings right now. It goes first team is the Bucks, second seed is the Raptors. Third is the Celtics, fourth the Miami Heat, fifth the Indiana Pacers, sixth the Sydney Sixers, seven is the Orlando Magic, and eight is the Nets. So right now we would be matching up with with Indiana. The, with Indiana. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So my question to you: Let's look at the story. That'd be easy for that'd be easy for Miami. Do you think so? With the return of Victor Aladipo, they got Miles Turner. They got that guy Sabonis. I believe his name is at the four. They seem like they're a good matchup for us. And they got uh, Brogdon from the Bucks. He's playing the one for them. I'm blanking on who plays the three. But that's that seems like a pretty they, scary matchup. I'm have, not going to lie. They have a good team. Um, and I've seen here that they're 21-10 and 10 at home. The Heat are 13-18 and 18 away. So... Um, oh wait! Speaking of speaking of statistics at um, at home, yeah. Jimmy, by the way, brought up an amazing stat that I did not give him a shout out for, and I wanted to give you a shout out, Jimmy, on this the, about the Bucks. I know we're going backwards again. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Did you know the Bucks are 17 and one coming off a of back to back? Wow, that's interesting. Isn't that insane? So just to show yeah. what our defense is capable of, I don't want to go back to it, yeah. but let's go back to the Pacers now. I mean, yeah, they've been they've been they've been putting in their. They've been putting in their work every, every back-to-back, you know. 17-1, they know to show up. They knew to show up for the Heat. They weren't able to do it. Yeah, but the thing is, is that it, it, I want I want to take that the defense. That loss was for the Heat, under the Heat, or? No, no that we, first loss, I don't know if that. Oh, it was no, 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 not no, that. No, 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 they lost the Heat game. No, okay, they cool, lost cool, to another cool. team, but we definitely beat them uh, in the beginning gave of the season. Them their second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but right now, the Pacers... We, we've our defense has already shown what it can do, but the offense, the Indiana Pacers match up greatly with us. They're they're almost a perfect matchup because their center can shoot threes and is capable of the, of defending the perimeter, and he's also shown the ability to step back and guard the drive, guard the cut. He's at one point was was a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah. So the Pacers are able to guard the paint. We score a lot in the paint if we're not shooting threes. I think, in my opinion, I think, uh, you know, I think the question would be more, should we be playing Indiana? Um, Because I I, I think we're going to stay in that, like, three to five range. I see that, too. Um, I was just going into two. I think three to four, probably, most likely Toronto and Milwaukee are just absolutely, like, under a spell or something. Uh, But uh, if we were to play Indiana, I think that would be a tougher opponent than we we would like, um, especially because of Oladipo coming back. Uh, since they were playing, I mean, they're in a playoff run without Oladipo in the beginning. So, exactly. you know, adding Oladipo is just adding like another player from the trade deadline. Exactly. So, and that's what makes them so scary is that they were already yeah. a playoff team. So, they're, that's the, the hard part. I mean, do we beat them in seven? I think so, but I think it goes at least six or seven if we so, were. So, I know I'm going to anger the basketball gods by asking this question, though, mm-hmm. but who would you like to see us play? Man, per, I mean, obviously, personally, I think, you know, if I had a pick, I would probably say, I mean, should I even say Brooklyn? Yeah. Because we lost to Brooklyn recently. And then it, do I say Orlando? Because our history hasn't been good with Orlando. So that's uh, why I'm, yeah, see, that's, that's why I, that's I wanted to ask part. this because we've got history with the Magic. The Nets are capable of, you know, really turning it on yeah. when they want to turn it on. The Sixers. 
they're they're a coin flip right now because we don't know what's going on with Embiid or Simmons. And if one of them just comes back, yeah, the offense is their their offense is capable of you know of rallying around whoever is really the star player, whether it's Simmons or if it's Embiid playing. Right, right. The Celtics, that's the team I'm worried about. Pacers is a good matchup. The Raptors are number two in the East without Kawhi. Without Kawhi. Yes. Yeah, and then the Bucks. Yeah. So it's like, who are you going to pick? Right? They're all poisonous. Right. Obviously, you want to have the Heat play in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, out of those top dogs. But uh, I don't know about the other guys, how they feel. But I think if I were to pick somebody, I'd probably say Brooklyn. Uh, okay. Just because they don't have Kyrie now. So you don't have to worry about that. But I know that they have, you know, other players that can go around. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's a really tough question. But I think, you know, I would choose Brooklyn out of all the teams. Uh, but at the main goal, I want at least, you know, Miami to be fighting for that Eastern Conference Finals. Jimmy, between yeah. all the all the teams that are in the playoff race right now, between Magic, between Nets, Sixers, Pacers, Celtics, Raptors, Bucks, who do you got? Who do you want us playing? And who do you feel would be the best situation? Like I was saying earlier, Indiana, Victor Oladipo doesn't seem you know he doesn't seem like he'll be coming back in time. He'll come back in time for the playoffs, but I think we have enough to hold him off. Jeremy Lamb. Hasn't been getting that many games in. He's been pretty injured. All right, so you're thinking that they don't have the depth. Yeah, I don't think they have the depth to match up with with the Heat. And with Spolstra's game-to-game progression, like I was saying earlier, with these teams... You think we can build eventually, a game plan yeah, to eliminate there's, it? Yeah, Spolstra... Many of these teams in the Eastern Conference, Spolstra can easily get over on them. You know, I like that point because he did it last night. Yeah, you know what I mean. He did it last and, night, <laughs> and they're they're going to be playing the Bucks again on the sixteenth, and that'll really? be I another. That. Yeah, and that'll be another true test That's for the be a yeah. Good test. Both of them, it won't be a back to back. This is a, you know. You know what I just realized? Whether they're resting or not. You know what I just realized? And my bad, Greg. I'm not going to skip you. Don't worry. But who did the fight between Jimmy and Solomon? Not Solomon. Hill. I was just about to bring that yeah. up. Who I did that? Whose so, team? Yeah, what team was that? Let's not forget. Jimmy Butler's waiting to play the Pacers waiting. again. Waiting. Oh, I don't know if any of you guys remember that TJ Warren Jimmy oh, Butler fiasco, oh. but I think I forgot about that. Every Dude. fan on both sides of each team would be getting every penny of those tickets that they spent oh, on a playoff series that's, between yeah. those two teams. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, that's what you would want to see. It, in truth, two teams just going at it. You know, they're going to give it their all. You, you know, got two guys kind of pissed at each other. I mean, that's gonna only make it in truth better. Way Jimmy's, better, way so, better. There's a rivalry. I think the rivalry is now. It being, brewed half yeah. that game. It started something. Yep. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna change my pick to Indiana. I kind of want to. I see mean, that. all right, we're Dude, all in on the Pacers. What? I mean, yeah, at, you know, it's funny you say that because at first I wanted us to play uh, the Sixers the first round because I really thought we had their number because of you know the record that we got against them this year right now and I mean, how we've been playing yeah. against them lately but now you brought up the Pacers dude it just made me it just made something click you're absolutely right that it's going to really rally the whole team together behind Jimmy and they're going to give it to him I mean oh, yeah. dude now you got me thinking about it I can only imagine the amount of talking the amount you know I mean it's just going to be ridiculous how much smack talk is going to be occurring during that series if it actually does happen. And I'm not even going to lie to you, 
we might see an actual fight and possibly suspensions break out. <laughs> Very Jim, possible. I mean, dude, Jimmy and and, and what's it and DJ Warren, they hate each other, man. I, I mean, it would be it would be a, it would be a, a ticket worth buying. Like Greg was saying, I think yeah, yeah. I'd buy that ticket. Yeah, and I'd buy that ticket. And the thing where I see Indiana is, I think you mentioned him, but Michael Brogdon coming over from Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brogdon averaging over sixteen right now. Yeah. Sixteen. And, how many assists wow. does he got? Do you, do you know? Right off the bat, he's got. He's averaging. 7.3 assists, 16.6 points. See, that's, right there. that's all you can ask that's for right for there. your starting point that's guard. That's all you can ask for. You combine that next to Victor Aladipo, mixed with Savanis, who shoots the three at an unbelievable clip, yeah. next to Miles Turner, who can shoot the three, play the defense, play you in the post. He can drive you in the mid-range. That's the matchup that I'm scared for Bam. Because My- uh, Myers Turner, or Miles Turner, I've gone blank, Miles Turner, Miles with an L, my bad. Miles Turner... Is Bam out of bio, except within with a more well, with, he, a, with a more developed three point game, or I shouldn't say developed because Bam has shown he can hit threes. Yeah, I was gonna say with, kind of like Greg was with saying. a more green lit three point game. Yeah, two K turn. <laughs> Once Bam starts shooting those same shots that Turner is shooting, expect Bam to start averaging 24, 25 points a game if he can make two two threes a game. Because that's an extra six points to his sixteen A's yeah. already. I was gonna say, do you think like if they Let's say the, the Pacers and the Heat squared off in that playoff run. Okay. And you see Turner hitting those threes. Do you think like Bam would be like, you know what? I can shoot those threes and give them that you know, confidence. You know that what? That's, that's, right? a good, that's a good way that's of looking at it. I think Turn Bam, it around on Yeah, him. I think that's where Bam will like, literally notice it, that, that he has that side of the game. Like Greg was mentioning... Uh, you know, off air that you know he had that um, NBA combine and at he the went combine. like six for seven or whatever. No, no, no. I think, he, dude. Realistically, I looked at those numbers. I believe it said he hit thirty out of fifty threes, standing threes. So imagine if he now. Developed. I don't know. I don't know if that was NBA three or college three. Of course, but it that, was NBA three. I hope it was, but that was the statistic that I read, and I'll pull it up if I have to. But that's what I saw. And if that is true, and he's able to wow. continue that type of game style and game play, and it's and then the sport, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm going to come in to answer this question mm-hmm. is it's I don't think it's is Bam willing to do it. I think is Spolstra going to allow Bam to do it, which is true. Which some of the white side stuff where he's like, oh, they don't let me shoot. They don't let me know? shoot. But guess what? White side didn't show that he could shoot the same way that Bam could. White side didn't show the same heart. And capability that Bam showed, and Whiteside didn't show the maturity and leadership that Bam showed. So, in my opinion, I don't believe Whiteside really deserved to be able to take those three point shots. Right. It's too much of a risk. I'm going to take that risk on my young, developing player to give him that confidence. So, if I'm Spolstra, yes, but I don't do it until the playoffs start. And I'll tell you why. I don't want teams being able to plan for that. The early scouting report, right? And guess what else? But then there's a downside to that. We don't have as a team to get the gel and the motion, the reps in, to allow that part of Bam's three-point game to gel with the rest of the team. Unless he's doing it in practice. Exactly. So, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to go with that topic. I like Um, that. I believe that's actually all the time we're going to have for tonight. So to all of our viewers, all of our listeners, I want to thank you so much. Um, in the future, if any of you have any topics that you guys would want to hear about, 
any questions that you guys may want answered or any statistics that you guys want to give us that we may be overlooking, please feel free to contact DM me and we would love to have you all on the show. And from us, the heat sheet to you, good night.